everybody. We're going to do Pink Floyd's The Wall today. I did it once before, but let's do it again. And uh, let's talk about historical significances. Signifigai? Is that a word? Uh, yeah, because I'm, I'm a little worn out of uh, politics right now and, and just silly dramas. So I just want to talk about something I really enjoy. Pink Floyd's The Wall. They wrote The Wall because they were broke. And I think it's the best album they ever did by far. It's one of the best albums ever written by far. And Roger Waters is someone who I don't agree with. I think he's one of he's he he turned out to be a pretty bad guy. But back in this time, I think that um he was faced with a bit of a path in the woods when he made this album. And I think we uh, can see that he took the wrong path. But when he made this album, it was just so clear and so vulnerable and so brilliant. The whole thing. And it's analogous to World War II. It's uh, analogous to uh, a bad marriage. It's analogous to to trying to uh, navigate your way through the nihilism of uh, modern life as a young male. It is just an unbelievable album. So uh, feel free to do your uh, to do super chats or normal chats. This is a great time to uh, talk amongst yourselves about what you guys think this uh, these songs mean. Because I, I I don't look up what songs mean. I like to talk about what they mean from my perspective. And so today's a great day to uh, chat about it with yourselves. Hang on, uh, how do you think it compares to Dark Side of the Moon? I think it's way better. Dark Side of the Moon is awesome, though, like time. Um, tick, ticking away the moments that make up a dull day. So remember uh, one of the Bears wrote that cover for time that was awesome. I got to look that up, though. I haven't. Uh, maybe after we'll look it up. Today's just an all-music day. But Dark Side of the Moon is boom. Broom, doo, 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 ticking away. The moments that make up the dull day. Uh, but the wall is just complete. It's like 20 songs and every one of them is just, it just tells a story. Because now there's a few songs on Dark Side of the Moon that are better. There's a few songs on uh, metal that are better. There's a few songs on animals. There's a few songs on uh, on um, Final Cut, I think, is one of the most underrated albums. Uh Tell me true, tell me why was Jesus crucified? Was it for this that daddy died? Was it you, was it me? Did I watch too much TV? Is that a hint of accusation in your eye? If it wasn't for the nips being so good at building ships, the yards would still be open on the Clyde. And it can't be much fun for them beneath the rising sun with all their kids committing suicide. What have we done, Maggie? What? Uh, that's a great album, but let's just go with the wall. So, and one of the reasons I just uh, referenced that song is it's similar chords to the first song of The Wall. It goes, Mama loves her baby, and Daddy loves you too. It's a similar, uh, tell me true, tell me why was Jesus... All right, anyway, I'm not going to do all that crazy. All right. Mama loves her baby. It opens the way all life opens with the sound of a crying baby. Daddy loves you too. And 
the sea may look warm to you, babe, and the sky may look blue. Roger Waters has two different voices that he does. Like he does that gentle one that I was just doing. And then he has this like maniacal cackle type voice in the wall. He goes back and forth. And this one, he's like, if you should go skating, he like sounds different on the thin ice of modern life. Dragging behind you the silent reproach of a million tear stained eyes. Don't be surprised when a crack in the ice appears under your feet. You slip out of your depth and out of your mind with your fear flowing out behind you as you claw. And then then it's, uh, this is all uh, instrumental. It's like through the ice and that's. So that's how the wall opens. So let's just talk about it. So uh, Mama Loves Her Baby. It starts with the birth. It's all, this is a man versus self, man versus nature, man versus, the, the, the conflict in the wall is man versus everything, but man versus self is a lot. So it starts with the man. It's the individual that goes through this whole process and he's born. Mama loves her baby and daddy loves you too. That's how it starts. And the sea may look warm to you, babe, and the sky may look blue. And the, and the word may in that is foreshadowing. The sea may look warm to you, and the sky may look blue, which means it isn't. Uh, if you should go skating on the thin ice of modern life. Isn't that just a great poem? It's just a, it's just a great way of saying it. If you should go skating on the thin ice of modern life, dragging behind you the silent reproach of a million tear-stained eyes, don't be surprised when a crack in the ice appears under your feet. You slip out of your depth and out of your mind and your fear flowing out behind you. And skating is such an innocent kind of uh, Norman Rockwell type image. If you should go skating like your child on the thin ice of modern life. All right. So, oh, we have 800 people here. All right. All right. Two, someone says uh, two also swimming in. Fish. Oh, that's from a different album. Oh, Shaniqua was here. Shaniqua O'Toole, one of the OG bears, one of the first bears of all time. All right. I'm curious what you guys think of all this so far. Uh, I may be the only bear who doesn't like music, who doesn't like their music, but I love how he breaks it down. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's why it's cool. It's cool because it doesn't matter if you like their music. It's it, Because the wall isn't about music, as odd as that sounds. All right, so uh, Roger Waters' father died in World War II. <clears throat> and you have to understand the Beatles, Led Zeppelin, the animals, the birds, um, just uh, th- the entire 60s of British rock and roll came from the 40s. All their dads died. <laughs> you know, like uh, I had a, a history professor in college who taught the history of and God bless Dr. Scott. Much love, Dr. Scott. He has brain cancer. He has for a while, though. He's beating it. 
But uh, he taught me, I took a class with him called the Holocaust, and then uh, I ended up becoming a World War II history major because he did the unthinkable, which was teach me the whole scope of World War II and Stalin and um, Mussolini and Franco. And I, it wasn't just this, uh, this uh, Jew death porn, which is what a lot of uh, uh, professors do. And he is Jewish. And he and he would teach that uh, about Stalin just as much as Hitler, and uh, he went over to Germany to teach after in the in the sixties or seventies, and he talked about how there was just no there was just no men. A lot of a lot of these areas, he lived in Germany. He met his wife in Germany, I believe. But um, he would tell me about that about how there would just be like there was still bullet holes in the walls, and and there was no men. The amount of men that died is just unbelievable. So a lot of these uh, rock stars, and you can see it when you get older, when you, especially when you have kids and when you just mature a bit, you see even the Paul McCartney's and the Robert Plant's and the Roger Waters's, you see them almost as children, where, where you see them as these, as these young boys looking for their fathers. I don't know the history of the other people I just named, but... You know, they're out there trying to get approval from just stadiums of people and just screaming and, and dancing and singing and, and looking for women and money. And it, it's uh, it's a lot of it, you just see these kids without dads. It's so crazy. So this is Roger Waters singing to his own father. Daddy's flown across the ocean. And this is one thing. I don't think he was um, he was wrestling with the emotions in, when he wrote this. And then he became a piece of shit down the line. Like, who the hell is spiteful of their dad for dying in a war to, to save them? That, that's the thing that always drives me a little crazy. But um, it's okay to feel these emotions when he felt it and wrote it. But, you know, when he's... Roger Wars is now a 60-something-year-old man, and he still is spiteful that his dad left him. His dad died in a war in his 20s. All right, anyway. Daddy's flown across the ocean. Leaving just a memory. This is straight up like Steph Malinu stuff. This is like he was because he was raised by a crazy single mom. A snapshot in the family album. Daddy, what else did you leave for me? Dad, what you leave behind for me? So that that original thorn, it's kind of like in the Star Wars series, uh, Luke's or uh, Darth Vader, his love for his mother is what corrupted him. Uh, you know, that's why they would take the Jedi so young is because, you know, you see the young Anakin Skywalker love his mother and then she was taken from him and 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 killed i think or i don't really know i don't watch star wars anymore because it got so shitty but the original star wars was awesome but uh you know this is the the original wound that wasn't dealt with by this guy and this character as well as him in real life i think 
<clears throat> Dad, what you leave behind for me? I'll tell you what he left behind, a crazy mom. I think a lot of it was about uh, having a bad mother. Because uh, families can get through tragedy. You can lose your dad. You can lose, you can lose your arm. You can get cancer. You can lose a brother or sister and get through it. If there's like a good family structure, there's a good, um, as Dr. Scott or Dr. Peterson would call it, a map of meaning to get, to get through it. But this guy didn't have that. You can tell. All right. So this is uh, another brick in the wall part two. When we grew up and went to school, that, this, this is the song that helped me get through a lot of shit when I was a kid because no one was saying this out loud. And I hated public school. So it's like. When we grew up and went to school, there were certain teachers who would hurt the children any, any way, any way they could. And that's the sound of a broken bone. By pouring their derision upon anything we did, exposing every weakness, how, however cleverly hidden by the kids. So that part is uh, that's universal. That's every every kid can relate to that. When we were when we grew up and went to school, there were certain teachers who would hurt the children any way they could. It's it's the the sociopath hidden in the institution. We see it in Hollywood. We see it in the Catholic Church. We see it in public schools. So there, everybody knew that teacher that was trying to hurt kids, and it wasn't necessarily rape, but it was hurting. It was it was trying to uh, by pouring their derision upon anything we did, exposing every weakness, however carefully hidden by the kids, and that's where I got my counterpunching ability and and need is by it probably started with some of those sadistic maniacs where whatever. Whatever weakness you had, they would find and they would hit. Because friends do that in a, in a positive way. It's like how wolves do that. You know, friends will make fun of each other and find each other's weaknesses and, and play and taunt. You know, like right now, me and my, um, my, my son, Walter, have been playing a little rough. And he loves it until he doesn't. You know, like he'll push me and I go, whoa, and I do a big fall. And he's like, and we're doing almost like professional wrestling where he'll like hit me like this and I'll like go do a big fall and then I'll get on him and like fake bite him and he's, and he's laughs and we wrestle and play. But then as soon as it goes too far, he goes, mama. And, and I laugh because it means he has to go to his mom and like recalibrate, feel safe, you know, welfare state. That's why, that's why uh, the welfare state's becoming so insane is because it's become our, our society's becoming feminized. You need both. You need the woman to be like, no matter what, you're good. Here's a blanket. And then you need the dad to be like, you have a weak leg. That, wags, that leg is weak. And so the, the father is always trying to like push the kid to go a little farther and like find the weakness and just gently taunt it so that they figure out the weakness and strengthen the weakness. Whereas a sadist, like these teachers would find the weakness and they'd, and they'd exploit it. They'd like hurt. They'd, they'd cause pain for it. And that's one reason why I think we, uh, we became toxic feminine, femininity is, is emerging is because there, there is actual toxic masculinity. And that's, uh, that's like the sadist teacher where it's like, uh, you find the weakness and it isn't to push to strengthen. It's to push to, to wound. And that is, uh, is real. It's not toxic. Masculinity is not what people say it is. It's, it's sadism. 
because then you you raise people to be like pretty sick and then and then this is the best part because this is because uh those those toxic males come from another line of toxic females it's so uh uh what's that that greek that greek tragedy or whatever about killing your father and having sex with your mother oedipus um I always mess up this word. It's not at a pickle. <laughs> at a pickle. It's like I ate a pickle. Eat a, eatable. The eatable mother. All right. So by pouring the derision upon anything we did, exposing every weakness, however carefully hidden by the kids. But in the town, it was well known when they went home at night. Their fat, psychopathic wives would thrash them within inches of their lives. How funny is that? But in, but in, but in that town it was well known when they went home at night. Their fat, psychopathic wives would thrash them within inches of their lives. You know, it's like these cucks, these cuck males will then take that energy and just start using it against children. How sick is that? And it's so true and everyone knows it. Uh, how are you guys doing? Our media Hollywood and academic, look at Hollywood, financial institute. Oh, you guys are having good chats. I love it. I know it's early. It's earlier than normal. I'm going to tweet this out that we're, that we're live. But uh, it's cool. This is going to be a special one. This is going to be one that you can watch down the line and just think about it. It's not like about today's news and, and whatnot. All right, so where are we at? The fat, All right, so now we're, we're to the next, uh, another brick in the wall part two. And this is the one that's very famous. It's... Uh, we don't need no education. I think that's that's an intentional double negative too. I think they were just trying to be funny. We don't need no education. And a double negative means a positive in math. Same as in English. So it's we need education is we don't need no, but it's it's cool. I mean it's it, it still means what it means. No dark sarcasm in the classroom. No thought control. Teacher, leave them kids alone. I love that. It because the the I think the the reason I just so emotionally connect to the wall is because I like in class I had, I had the hardest time in school. I would draw the wall on all the walls in my classrooms, like because no one would say these things except for Roger Waters, and I think it was kind of like the the Joe Rogan thing where. I become extremely um, affectionate or extre- I, I, I look at people in extremely high regard who simply say the truth in times of madness to a fault, to a degree where I, I, I let things slide for a long time until I don't. But like, like Roger Waters sucks. I mean, he's, he's a brutal man now, but at, the, at this time, uh, I just, I worship the guy in a way. You know, maybe it's Stockholm syndrome, maybe it's battered wife syndrome. I don't know what syndrome it is, but if someone, if I'm being fucked with and someone says it out loud, I will be a lapdog for that person for at least at least a week. We don't need no education, we don't need no thought control, no dark sarcasm in the classroom. Teacher, leave us kids alone. Hey, teacher, leave them kids alone. And then all in all it were all just bricks in the wall. And that's a constant theme of this whole album is all in all, it's just bricks in the wall. All in all, you're all just bricks in the wall. So the reason that that, that you know, he's building, he 
He's building an emotional barrier between him and the rest of the world. And you see that moving forward. So this song is the first song that isn't about childhood. Well, I guess it is. It's about, he's saying mother, but this is adolescence. It's going through childhood. It's going in a linear line of age. So it starts off uh, thin ice. If you should go skating. So that was about being a baby and a toddler. And then it becomes about, you know, daddy's flown across the ocean. So he's five, six. Uh, He was born in 1938, maybe. So, yeah, his dad died in 43, I think. Uh, And then this is adolescence. Mother, do you think they'll drop the bomb? It's called Mother. It's an unbelievable. It starts with a sigh. I love the subtleties of, of this album. It, it just goes. <sighs> Mother, do you think they'll drop the bomb? It's like the sigh is like, you, you don't want to have this conversation with your mother. Mother, do you think they'll like this song? Mother, do you think they'll try to break my balls? Mother, should I run for president? Mother, should I trust the government? And on the Berlin Wall, remember when someone had painted Mother, should I trust the government on the Berlin Wall? That was one of the most breathtaking things I've ever seen. I have a piece of the Berlin Wall. Never forget, baby. Mother, will they put me in the firing line? Ooh, is it just a waste of time? And this is uh, a chorus, David Gilmore. Oh, was that, is, that, is that why it sounds like two different voices? One's Gilmore, one's Waters? That's interesting. I never knew that, and I've been a fan for years. So, um... Hush. So this is uh, this is Oedipus right here. This is the the smothering mother, the overbearing mother. Hush now, baby, baby, don't you cry. I feel like David Gilmore is like Paul McCartney, and Roger Waters is like John Lennon, where it's like Gilmore is the one that still tours and has his sanity, and then Sid Barrett's the one who thinks he's a glass of orange juice. <clears throat> Mama's gonna. Mama's gonna make all of your nightmares come true. Mama's gonna put all of her fears into you. Mama's gonna keep you right here under her wing. She won't let you fly, but she might let you sing. Mama's gonna keep baby cozy and warm. Build a wall 
known as the I'll try for that. And then this is where it really cuts because the government is, is one thing, but this is when you like, I, I'm literally getting emotional right now thinking about this part. <laughs> I'm so, like, dude, music fucks me up. Like I, I've had, I've been at, I've care. I've been a pallbearer at, at, at funerals where young men have died that should not have died and not cried music and movies and shit like that hit me. It's, there's something about art that like it, that allows me to release emotions. It's insane. But all right, so um, mother, do you think she's good enough? For me, so vulnerable, so honest. Mother, do you think she's dangerous? That's a reference to a wall. She won't let anyone dirty get through the wall. It's just good writing. Mama's gonna wait up until you get in. Mama will always find out where you've been. Mama's gonna keep baby healthy and clean. She's referring to him as a baby and he's an adolescent asking about dating advice. It's Oedipus, you know? And then, ooh. This is the key. You'll always be a baby to me. Mother didn't need to be so high. The wall. You know, it's the it's he didn't have a father. And and so I it's understandable. That's why I, I really enjoy this and his in his art, even though he turned out to be kind of a dick, it, because it's like, imagine that. I never had to face that, but having no dad and having a mother like that. And he knew it here, and he was fighting through it, and he lost the fight later in his life, but whatever. All right. Where are we? That was Mother. Mother's an f- unbelievable song. And then I won't sing and play all of it, because some of it is very dramatic. So this is... Uh, What's the name of this one? Goodbye, Blue Sky. It, it starts off with a haunting child's voice. Look, you hear the sound of an airplane. It goes, look, mommy, there's an airplane up in the sky. But the airplane's dropping bombs. And when you have young children, it's, whew, imagine that. A bomber, you see a bomber coming in. It's a, it's a German bomber. And they were, and England was getting blasted in the 40s. 
and uh, a child's innocent innocence. You know, like my son loves airplanes. He'd be like, "Dad, dad, airplane," and it's just, <laughs> and then just arms and limbs blown off. It's just. <sighs> That's why people that want war are out of their fucking minds. I'm not anti-war. I'll do what I have to do, and I'll support what I have to support. But it is as close to hell on earth as you can possibly imagine. Just, look, Mommy, there's an airplane up in the sky, and you just hear the, the, the drone of an engine. Just the, the uh, what's it, foreshadowing of, of the bomb that's about to drop and, and blow the little child apart. And that's, did, 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 did you see the frightened ones? Did, 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 did you hear the falling bombs? Did, 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 did you ever wonder why we had to run for shelter when the promise of a brave new world un, unfouled beneath the clear blue sky? I mean, whoa. Did you ever wonder why we had to run for shelter when the promise of a brave new world, it's a literary reference, unfouled beneath a clear blue sky? <sighs> did you see the frightened ones? Did you hear the falling bombs? The flames are all long gone, but the pain lingers on. Goodbye, blue sky. Good. That's why I always find it fascinating when you hear about like um, generational PTSD when it comes to black people where they're like, you know, because of slavery, we have generational PTSD. It's like, you want to talk about PTSD? These people had their buildings and schools and hospitals blown apart with little baby pieces and blood everywhere. And then they're supposed to just get back to life, which they did. But that's generational PTSD, the 40s. You know, it's like, did you see the falling bombs? Did you see the frightened ones? You know, what's more haunting than seeing someone you love scared? You know, like, and they have a right to be scared. Like, imagine uh, seeing someone's hair on fire just running. And it's just, it's awful. The flames are all long gone, but the pain lingers on. Think about how much more recent that was in slavery. Especially in this dude's life. You know, this was written in the 80s. It's like that was 40 years ago his father died in this flame inferno. And as bad as slavery was, it was just a bad job. It was like, yeah, you had to pick cotton for no money. Ooh. These people were blown to bits. Millions and millions and millions. And then uh, this, and then the cool thing about uh, the wall that bounces back and forth between... Uh, uh, and if someone says, well, the slaves, the human beings are owned. Yeah, what, what do you think a Marine is? They own your ass and they send you in to, to, to die. It's not like picking cotton. Picking cotton? These people are getting blown into bits. It's like, go, go, go. In Russia, if you retreated, they just mowed you down. You know, there, there'd be whole lines of, uh, there'd be a line of infantry and they were just there to shoot people retreating. Their own buddies. One day, they're, one day they're doing chit chat. You know that because a chit is a bug. That's why it's called chit chat. Is in World War One. You would you would uh, take the chits. It, it, these these bugs would be like burying into your skin, and they'd sit around and, and pick off the chits because they'd be in trenches, and they talk while they did it. That's why it was called chit chat. Um, and then this is what shall we use? This this goes back to the relationship. It, it keeps uh, bouncing back and forth between World War Two. Uh, his parents and uh, the relationship. So this is uh, the end of the hedonic treadmill where you're in a relationship that isn't founded on ethics, morality, love, mutual purpose, spirituality, religion. No, it's just uh, 
what so it's what shall we uh so what shall we use to fill the empty spaces where we used to talk how shall i fill the final spaces how shall i complete the wall um and then the next part is the big young lust i am just a new boy i'm just a new boy a stranger in this town i'm not going to do all the songs because uh uh, a lot of them are very guitar heavy. Where are all the good times? Who's going to show this stranger around? And that's, ooh, I need a dirty woman. Ooh, I need a dirty girl. Will some woman in this desert land make me feel like a real man? Take this rock and roll refugee. Ooh, baby, set me free. And then, ooh, I need a dirty woman. Ooh, I need a dirty girl. And the cool thing about um, Pink Floyd and Roger Waters is they'll show the bi the bipolar the bipolar uh, uh, pullback. You know, like a lot of songs, like a lot of hip hop, especially, will will be like rub a dub dub getting sucked in a club. But they never show the day after. They never show the depression that sets in after you live that life. And then, but Floyd does. So then. Day after day, love turns gray like the skin on a dying man. And night after night, we pretend it's all right. But I have grown older, and you have grown colder, and nothing is very much fun anymore. that chilling I feel uh, cold as a razor blade tight as a tourniquet dry as a funeral drum it's called one of my turns and then he turns that this is bipolar manic depression so it starts off with Day after day, love turns gray like a skin on a dying man. I mean, what's more depressing than that? And then the mania. Run to the bedroom, to the suitcase on the left, you'll find my favorite axe. Don't look so frightened, this is just a passing phase, one of my bad days. Would you like to watch TV or get between the sheets or contemplate this silent freeway? Would you like something to eat? Would you like to learn to fly? Would you like to see me try? All right, so would you like to watch TV or get between the sheets or contemplate the silent freeway? I mean, I don't know. Call me crazy, but that sounds like a, uh, an internet reference before the internet was created. Kind of intense. Or contemplate the silent freeway. Would you like something to eat? Would you like to learn to fly? Would you like to see me try? Would you like, would you like to call the cops? Do you think it's time I stopped? Why are you running away? You know, a lot of... Uh, and then don't leave me now. Don't leave me now. Don't say it's the end of the road. Remember the flowers I sent. I need you, babe. This is just the pathetic nature of after, after a guy cheats on his girl, young lost, you know. Ooh, I need a dirty woman. Ooh, I need a dirty girl. And then he comes back to his girl. And it's like day after day. Love turns great like the, love. Ah, shit. What, what was that chord? I forgot it. Um... Oh, yeah, yeah, Iman. Day after day, love turns gray 
like the skin on a dying man. That's what he says when he comes back from the the endorphin excitement of sex with a new person. Like that's one reason why uh, what you got to watch out for. I don't because of my life experience and the fact that I think about these things. But some men have to watch out for uh, uh, having an affair and thinking that they fall in love. That's just endorphins. Like like having sex with with a new person will flood your body with endorphins and um, oxytocin and all this shit, but it's all fake. You don't love the person. It's just uh, a quick bonding mechanism that we have in order to stick around to raise a kid. But it goes away like that if it's someone you don't actually love. So that's why what happens to men sometimes, and women, I guess, I don't know. I I don't speak for women, though, because I don't know what it's like to be a woman. Oh, my God. Um is you'll see men like in their 40s go through a, a midlife crisis and like bang their secretary and think they're in love and leave their family. And then like two months later, they're in hell because they realize it was just an, uh, an endorphin oxytocin rush and, and they have nothing in common with this moron that they put their cock inside of. So he's jacking up his brain chemicals in young lust. Ooh, I need a daddy woman. You know, he, he sure got one or a few. And then he's flooded with this excitement. And then he comes home day after day, love turns gray, like the skin on a dying man. No, it's because you're coming off of this crazy hormone rush. Love, love doesn't turn gray. Love grows. And I'm not, and I'm not trying to be corny or it's true. Like love really grows and it becomes more valuable with time because who knows you better? Who's been through more? Who's. If you have an honest relationship with a woman, it's like, it's like, um, you know, growing a tree or a flower. It's just like you grow it straight up and you just watch it just, it's awesome. But if you lie to yourself and you run around with other women, it's like, it does appear cold, you know, uh, to, to get off the high of running around in young lust. And then, um. And then you have that bipolar meltdown, which is the sling. I, I'm sure a lot of you guys have, have battled addiction or depression or, or coming off of something. It makes you so unstable. You know, it's like, that's where it comes from, where, where he's like, uh, you know, should we contemplate this silent freeway? Would you like something to eat? Would you like to learn to fly? Would you like to see me try? It's just insane. And then comes the, uh, the pathetic come down. Don't leave me down. Don't say it's the end of the road. Remember the flowers I sent. I need you, babe, to put through the shredder in front of my friends. You know, he hates this girl, but he can't live without her. It's like he's, um, that's that, like, that's the ultimately evil place to put somebody in. And a lot of it comes from unresolved issues with someone's mother where it's, uh, it's kind of like borderline personality disorder. My uncle was married briefly. And uh, it turns out the woman had borderline personality disorder. And he read this book called uh, I Hate You, Don't Leave Me. And so I read it because I wanted to understand what he was going through with her. Where it was like someone hates you but can't live without you. It's a very, very, very bad thing to do to somebody. How could you go when you know that I need you to beat to a pulp on a Saturday night? I mean, the wall was... Very, very self-aware of all these things. And I've never seen that in another album. That's why I love it so much. So then you go to another brick in the wall, part three. So it starts off as early childhood dealing with his 
father, then we don't need no education. You know, then you're dealing with uh, public school in, um, in England. And now it's the adult. I don't need no arms around me. I don't need no drugs to calm me. I have seen the writing on the wall. Don't think I need anything at all. No, I don't need anything at all. And then it comes back to the original theme. All in all, it was all just bricks in the wall. All in all, you were all just bricks in the wall. It's like there's a real whininess and a real uh, self-victimization to the wall. But it isn't tedious because it's so true. And this is what people really feel and what they go through. So then goodbye. Um, goodbye, cruel world. I hope you guys are enjoying it. I'm not in the chat at all because I want to stay focused. But I uh, hope you guys are enjoying it. So then it's uh, goodbye, cruel world. I'm leaving you today. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Goodbye, all you people. There's nothing you can say to make me change my mind. Goodbye, goodbye. And then there's that like, and that's the end of uh, the first side. That's the first side of the album. And back in the day, before iTunes, young, young whippersnappers, you used to have to order. You had to, you had to figure out how to order the songs of an album and when the first act was over. That the first act is now over. The rest of the of the wall is completely different. And a lot of you guys know my intense stance on uh, suicide being pathetic. Think about this. This is a suicidal man. Think about how pathetic it would be if he actually killed himself here. Like, because he's whiny about his dad died in the military. His mom's too, you know, smothers him too much. Like, this girl wants to leave him, but he hates her. And everybody's just being so mean to him. Imagine if he killed himself, how it would be pathetic. It would be like, you fucking pussy. Like, get up. Stand up. Stand up and fight. You know? And so this is when things get real wacky. So now it's Hey You comes in. Hey You. So it's, uh, hey, you out there in the cold, getting lonely, getting old. Can you feel me? Hey, you no, Hey, you uh, standing in the aisles with itchy feet and fading smiles. Can you feel me? Hey, you don't help them to bury the lie. in without a fight see you see what i'm saying like that's that's uh like don't give in without a fight and then hey you out there on your own sitting naked by the phone would you touch me hey you uh, with your ear against the wall waiting for someone to call out would you touch me Carry the stone 
isn't that amazing? Hey, you, would you help me to carry the stone? It's like the albatross, you know, the, 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 the burden of, of life, the, the pain of life. Hey, you, would you help me to carry the stone? And then the bitterness comes back and it's the, it's the mania voice. Remember I told you in the beginning about Rajawars is two different voices. I think it's all Rajawars, by the way, I was wrong about David Gilmore, but, uh, so then his manic voice comes back. But it was only fantasy. The wall was too high, as you can see. It's like the, the devil on his shoulder is this different voice. It's, it's not the same like, mother, do you think they'll drop the bum? Like that's his like human voice. And then uh, no matter how he tried, he could not break free. And the worms ate into his brain. It's almost a Shakespearean uh, uh, narrator will come out and be like, no matter how he tried, he could not break free. Like, like he's telling the audience about the, the problems of the main character. And then it comes back, hey, you, out there on the road, always doing what you're told. Can you help me? Like, there's an underlying bitterness. Imagine being asked, someone's asking help from you, but that's how they frame it. It's like, hey, you, can you help me? Hey, you, pussy who always follows orders, can you help me? You know, it's impossible to help someone when they do that. Hey, you, out there on the road, always doing what you're told. And then, can you help me? Hey, hey you, out there beyond the wall, breaking bottles in the hall, can you help me? Boom. Hey, you. Tell me there's no hope at all Together we stand Divided we fall, we fall, we fall, we fall And the reason I did that echo is because it, 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 it's part of it The echo is part of it Just like goodbye cruel world, goodbye And it stops like without any hesitation That one echoes because he's, he's speaking into a vast cavern And then the next one is the song that people request that I play a lot. It's called Nobody Home. Or wait a minute. No, is there anybody out there? Which is just, is there anybody out there? Is there anybody out there? And then there's this beautiful. It's just so rare that someone's so vulnerable about being so pathetic. That's why I like the wall so much. I got a little black book with my poems in. Got a bag with a toothbrush and a comb in. When I'm a good dog, they sometimes throw me a bone. I got elastic bands keeping my shoes on. Got those. 
Indian hand blues. I got 13 channels of shit on the TV to choose from. By the way, at this point in in, the, in Pink Floyd's uh, career, uh, they're 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 not wealthy because you know that song. Uh, uh, what's that song? Come in here, dear boy. Have a cigar. You're gonna go far. You're gonna fly high. You're never gonna die. They're gonna make it if you try. They're gonna love you. They had a manager steal all their money. At this point, when they're writing the wall, they're they're super famous and broke. So it's like they really could have had elastic bands keeping their shoes on. I think that's one reason why Roger Waters hates Jews so much. By the way. Because he's super anti-Israel, like super. I think it's because some, some Jew manager stole all his money. And ever since, he's, it's, it's like a black guy stole my bike. And I've been just a bitter racist ever since. I was nine. I've got electric light. And I've got second sight. I've got amazing powers of observation. That is how I know when I try to break through on the telephone. All right, so so I've got the obligatory Hendrix perm and the inevitable pinhole burns. All of them front of my favorite satin shirt. I've got nicotine stains on my fingers. I got a silver spoon on a chain. Isn't that great imagery? A silver spoon on a chain. Isn't that awesome? It's like the wealth of the silver spoon, but the... The, the incarceration of the chain. It, it's like, it, it's such the world of the famous guy that so many people don't know because they, it's so easy to be envious of the famous that you don't realize it's a silver spoon on a chain. And then this is great. I've got a grand piano to prop up my mortal remains. You know, when you're depressed, so, sometimes you have those thoughts where it's not even like, you're looking for sympathy in your mind. You're just like, oh, they can put my ashes right there. That's cool. I've got wild staring eyes. And I've got a strong urge to fly. But I've got nowhere to fly to, fly to, fly to, fly to, fly to. And that's, ooh, babe, when they pick up the phone. Still nobody home. I've got a pair of Go Hills boots, and I've got fading roots. He's a man with fading roots. He was, he was, uh, he's dying his hair. <laughs> Let's see where we're at. Uh, and all this neediness came from his relationship with his mother. And then the next one is Vera. Vera Lynn. If someone wants to look up the uh, the history behind Vera Lynn, I'm pretty sure it was a it was a song from World War II. It goes, <clears throat> they used to sing about Vera Lynn in World War II. I looked it up one time. I forgot though. Does anybody here remember Vera Lynn? Remember how she said that we will meet again some sunny day. That's like. Uh, Vera, Vera, what has become of you? No, you. Does anybody else in here feel the way I do? 
And then comes the real hitter. Is this it? Oh no, Bring the Boys Back Home. That's a historical relevant song, but Comfortably Numb. Comfortably Numb is the song on this on this album. I mean, this song is... I want to talk about a divorce, opiate addiction, porn addiction, uh, materialism. I mean, anything you want to talk about is this song. This song is so true on so many levels you know and this it's about you know being a rock star and it's about going through a divorce it's about it's about fucking everything it's about the 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 60s in england hello is there is there hello is there anybody in there just not if you can hear me And I love how Floyd can do different voices to be different characters in the... It's so dramatic. It's such drama. So this is one person trying to talk to the chorus. It's the lyrics talking to the chorus. Come on now. I hear you're feeling down. Well, I can ease your pain and get you on your feet again. Relax. I'll need some Show me where it hurts is just a profound lyric. Can you show me where it hurts? And the answer is no. There is no pain you are this is the person. I, after he got a shot of morphine. A distant ship smoke on the horizon. He's hallucinating. reverts back to childhood when I was a child I had a fever my hands felt just like two balloons now I've got that feeling once again I can't explain you would not understand this is not how I am and then uh and i relate to that i know exactly what he's talking about there would be times when i was a kid when i'd have a horrible fever and my body would have this feeling that i've never felt again and i I, it it barely is in my mind but i i know like when he when he says that it's such perfect writing because just like what he's describing it's a fleeting glimpse you kind of remember your body feeling weird as a child when you were sick and you can't quite put your finger on it and then, <clears throat> okay, this is why it, you, you know it's about drugs. Okay, just a little pinprick, bling, there'll be no more. <laughs> but you may feel a little sick. And the, and the way he enunciates sick, it's, it's sadistic. It's like the person is, is being a sadist. But you may feel a little sick. Like there's an enjoyment to it. Can you stand up? It's working good. That'll keep you going through the show. 
Hubert again. You know, he's out. When I was a child, I caught a fleeting glimpse out of the corner of my eye. I turned to look, but it was gone. I cannot put my finger on it now. The child has grown. The dream is gone. I've become comfortably numb. I, uh, I don't think I have schizophrenia, but I have had, when I was younger, I would, I would think that, I, that there was someone in the corner of my eye, and I'd turn and look, and they'd be gone. And uh, Amy has had the same thing. Hers was a, a little child. She would see a child in the corner of her eye and turn and they'd be gone. And I, it's, I've never admitted that publicly to anybody, uh, but I, I had that too. Uh, and that's the sign of schizophrenia sometimes. So I've never admitted that, but I haven't had it in a long, long time. But when I, I know that feeling. When I was a child, I caught a fleeting glimpse out of the corner of my eye. I turned to look, but it was gone. Like I would literally think that there was something, like there was someone there. And they'd be gone. And uh, yeah, I'm sure my enemies can use that against me and cut this up and make videos out of it and say that I'm crazy. But it's it's true. And I'm, I'm committed to saying what's true at this point. There's no going back. Uh, I've seen I've, when I was when I was a kid, I would see people out of the corner of my eye sometimes and they'd be gone. OK, well, all right. So then. Uh, I'm going to go to the chat here. I've done an hour of this because the rest is so dramatic. I can't give it any, I can just go through it. All right. So the show must go on. So now in the flesh, it's an, it's a new in the flesh. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to finish this, finish this off in the flesh. This is when, when he becomes an authoritarian. And then, so this is, uh, this is very, 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 uh, World War II. So, so, so ya thought ya might like to go to the show. Boom, boom, boom. To feel the warm thrill of confusion, that space cadet glow. Boom, boom. Tell me, is something eluding you, sunshine? Is this not what you expected to see? If you want to find out what's behind these cold eyes, you'll just have to claw your way through this disguise. And then he goes, are there any Jews in the theater tonight? Get them up against the wall. Against the And there's one in the spotlight. He don't look right to me. Get him up against the wall. Against. Uh, and then that one is Jewish. And that one's a coon. Who let all this riffraff into the room? There's one smoking it, uh, smoking a joint. And another with spots. If I had my way, I'd have all of your shots. So it's uh it's the scrubbing. It's the scrubbing of, of everybody you don't like out of the out of the uh, out of the world, and knowing how he feels about Jews now, I, I feel like he's really writing from a, a very real place at that point. And then run like hell is when he's he's coming after his enemies. He's coming after those that hurt him. You better run. Oh, I'll play that. That could be good on the piano. 
All right, so uh, run, 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 run. You got to just listen to these things. I'll just play it. You guys want to hear this? Run like hell. Because I'm doing it no, no justice. Listen to this. Pink Floyd, run by hell. Run like hell. Here we go. Why isn't I gotta go to, maybe I'll go to YouTube. Cordify. What the hell is Cordify? What is this? Can you guys hear that? You guys hear this? Like I can't do this on the piano. You gotta just listen to it. This is him coming after his uh his enemies. And listen to this his voice is so sick. Listen to his scream. Like I can't, you know, I'm run like hell. Yeah, I, 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 this is one of the best songs on the album, just as far as just the crushing nature of it. Run, 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 run. Right here, listen to shit. Stream pulled. Oh shit. Listen. With your body How fucking sick is that? It's gonna, it's gonna pull the, it's gonna put my, pull my, um, <laughs> pull the stream. It just shut down for a second. But with the hammers battered down your door, you better run. It's the punchback, baby. It's the old Hitler punchback. The old Hitler punchback, and then wait, and then waiting for the worms. I pictured that is about Hitler in his, because uh, this dude has a weird obsession with Hitler. I think everyone does. He was just so damn well-dressed. But uh, he's he, waiting for the one waiting to pull out the wicked and rip it out. Oh, don't, don't, waiting for the worms. Oh, dude, let's listen to that one. Waiting for the worms. Well, I'll play it. I think this is about Hitler in his final uh, bunker, knowing he's going to die. So it... So it's waiting. And then for the final solution to strengthen the strength and it waiting for the worms. And then, and then, do sit, sit, and that's sitting in a bunker here behind my wall. Waiting for the worms. Come and then perfect isolation here behind my wall. And then there's almost a bit of a, a, a fissure, a break in his mind because he's singing and, and the chorus 
of humans is singing at a different pace. God, I think we got to listen to it. Waiting for the worms to come. Waiting to cut out the dead wood. Waiting to clean up the city. Waiting to follow the worms. Follow the worms. The worms are uh, waiting for the queers and the coons and the reds and the Jews. Waiting. Listen, I mean, definitely the, the reds. You got to kill the reds, right? I mean, the worms were kind of right on about that one. Uh, w- would, would, would you like to see Britannia rule, my friend? All you've got to do is follow the worms. Uh, I think he's, I think Roger Waters is a legitimate, like, racist. <laughs> Hang on, waiting. Because I think these were the things that were uh, taunting his head. All right, listen to this. You got to see the video, too. The videos are nuts. All right, listen to this. Let's listen to a little bit of it. Uh, oh, I forgot about that part. You cannot reach me now. No matter how you try. Goodbye, cruel. It's over. Walk on by. This is so sick. The final solution to strengthen the strain. You gotta watch this fucking movie. The, the cartoon is insane. All right. Oh, listen. I'm. I'm gonna play you guys this video. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna withhold anything awesome from you guys. Yeah, I think his hatred of the Jews comes from. Uh, that's why I. I make sure I. I try and uh, talk about that slippery slope because a lot of people do that about white people as well. Where they, it's easy to, when you can't handle certain things, it's easy to blame a group of people, and blaming Jews is definitely wrong. You can blame um, uh, Bolshevism, communism, socialism, utopianism, progressivism, feminism. All the isms that some Jews have really pushed are really, really destructive. But when you get into demographic blaming, it's always cowardice. It's always weakness. And uh, I stand behind that. Waiting. All right. What's the name of this one? All right. Check this out. Is this it? Look at this. These cartoons are so insane. A little bit. This is so sick. It's so funny they have hammers. I have, I have like one of my symbols is a, a piano hammer and an axe. Look, look at this cartoon. 
Look at this. Watch this cartoon. Follow the worms. The worms obviously represents decay. And now, like, the mumbling, you can't even hear what the fuck he's saying because it doesn't even matter. It's like when you listen to Farrakhan. Like, it doesn't matter what he's saying. Everyone's just like, mm-hmm, Farrakhan, mm-hmm. He's just like, Look at that. <sighs> See, I can't, I couldn't give this justice on the piano. Just look at the hammer. Marching. I mean, come on, guys. You see why I love this album? It's fucking insane. Yeah, there's definitely copyright issues, but that's all right. I don't make money on ads anyway. They'll play ads and then demonetize the ads, and then they, they play a little game of cat and mouse with me, but with Super Chats and Patreon shit, I don't give a fuck. I got around it. Even without Super Chats and Patreon, I still wouldn't give a fuck. I'm not going to withhold the wall. Okay, so this is... Uh, so this is, uh, wait, till you, wait till you see this part. So stop, the trial. The trial is sick. Because this is a thing. This is, what, this is one of the many reasons that I uh, think it's good to believe in God. <laughs> because this is the statist version of, um, of, of, of being judged by God. But, it's, but he doesn't believe in God, so it's the state version. And it's very, very similar to Christianity, except it's sick and twisted and rotted. All right, the trial. Pink Floyd. Imagine the good version of this. <laughs> Hang on, let me just get. I'm gonna. I gotta show you this shit. Pink Floyd, the trial. This is insane, because when you put, when you put the role of God into man, into the government, this is what it looks like. This is truly what it looks like. And I can't give it justice on the piano. So let's do this. If I get kicked off, I'm not going anywhere. I'll just start live streaming again. So just bear with me. With a bear with me. You get it? Bear. <laughs> Downloads. Let's watch this fucking thing. Pink Floyd, the trial, baby. I got a little black book with me poems in. Oh, dude. I haven't seen this in so long. It, it's musical. The, 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 the bell is offbeat. You hear that? Listen, hang on. We'll, we'll, I'm going to show you that again. It's like a jazz move almost. It's offbeat. Listen. 
It's a staggered beat. It's almost like a trip hop or whatever. Bam. 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 It's like dubstep. Good morning, a worm, your honor. The crown will plainly show the prisoner who now stands before you has caught red-handed showing feelings. Showing feelings of an almost human nature. This will not do. Call the schoolmaster. Good morning, a worm, your honor. The crown will plainly show the who now stands before you was caught red handed showing feelings showing feelings of an almost human nature this will not do hold the how is said it come to no good gently in your honor you see how much uh, music has changed The breeding hearts and artists. <laughs> this is so good. Let me hammer him today. Crazy. Isn't that great? Toys in the attic. How how crazy is Toys in the attic? It just sounds crazy. Crazy. Toys in the attic, I am crazy. Like, just picture toys in an attic. It's fucking crazy. I mean, fuck! I don't think it's a reference to Anne Frank. I think it's just crazy. Toys in the attic. Oh, maybe it is a reference to Anne Frank. Toys in an attic. Yeah, a child in an attic. Anne Frank. Wow. Good call on that. Who, uh, who got that? I'm going to shout out whoever got that. Igor Bondar. Is that a reference to Anne Frank? I never even thought about that. That's fucking mind-blowing. Wow. So, uh, yeah, this is sick, huh? Me and me and Amy used to talk about that when we first were together, and we would uh, we were still dealing with our collective insanity. We would say, uh, "I've lost my marbles. Uh, my marbles are gone." <laughs> We've gotten through some shit. That's why when people like harass her online and stuff because of uh, my shit, and people are like, "Oh, I'm so sorry. Like, are you guys okay?" I'm like, "You don't know what we've been through. Like, we're we're fucking fine. <laughs> like, me and Amy are indestructible." Uh, well, our bond, at least. I mean, as as mortals, we're destructible, but our bond is for fucking life, man. Oh, I hope they throw away Wait the key. Yeah, shut up. You, you hear that? You hear that? Uh, that that uh, I I love you. Don't I hate you? Don't leave me. You little shit. You're in it now. I hope they throw away the key. You should have talked to me more often than you did. It's like that that that. That awful position you put someone in where it's like, I hate you, don't leave me. It's like, you should have been more nice to me. I hate you for not being more nice to me. It's like, that isn't love. That's the opposite of love. 
Now I... He's gritting the, the teeth. You little shit. You should have talked to me more often than you did, but now... You had to go your own way. Have you broken any homes up lately? Just five minutes that, that, that's almost a reference to sexual abuse, isn't it? The, isn't that like a, isn't that a slight reference to sexual abuse? Just five minutes, worm, your honor, him and me alone. There's almost like the delivery of that is slightly sexual. And I think women molest and sexually abuse boys more often than people want to admit. And it, it's devastating to, to boys. It's not this like, you're lucky you got to fuck an adult. It's like, now it's real bad for your, for your soul and your mind. Listen to this. Oh, shit, I missed it already. Just five minutes worm your honor, him and me alone. Just five minutes worm your honor, him and me alone. Whoa. Mother baby, let me hold you in my arms. But I never wanted him to get in any trouble. So pathetic and sick. Is it bars in the window? Must have been a doll there in the wall. When I came in. That's a that's a great line. And for anyone who's battled uh, mental illness type feelings or um, uh, mental illness in the family, that's that's an absolutely terrifying feeling when you're like, there must have been a door there in the wall when I came in. It's like there must be a way out of my madness because I got here somehow. And I remember a time when I wasn't mad. And, and when you get to that point, you're like, uh, I'm mad. Like, I'm, I'm insane right now. How did I get here? There must have been a door there in the wall when I came in. Dude, by the way, we haven't even gotten to Worm Your Honor yet. It's insane. But just listen to that line one more time. And for those of you that have been uh, close to mental illness, that's profound.
Right? You've revealed your deepest fear. That's the thing that was exploited his whole life. That's why this album is so brilliant. It's, it's like a literary piece. Take it all the way back to the, the very beginning. Mama loves a baby and daddy loves you too. So the very, um, the, the teachers that, that would, uh, so uh, when we grew up and went to school, there were certain teachers who would hurt the children any way they could, exposing every weakness, however carefully hidden by the kids. That's his weakness. And so... The wall is his uh, build up because he didn't have a dad to teach him how to be exposed. The mother keeps you safe. The, the father teaches you how to be exposed before your peers. That's why I think a decent amount of people look to me to learn how to do that because I professionally am exposed before my peers. I stand literally in front of, of strangers telling jokes, which is the most horrifying thing you can possibly do if you have this vulnerability. So I know th- that side. I personally don't really have it. I don't. I think that's one reason why people write me these long emails and stuff talking about that feeling because they look to me for strength for that. Because like I will call out our peers that have gone sick, even though we know the backlash I will face. I don't have a wall. I tore I, like every time my wall starts building, I tear that motherfucker down. Look at this. Look at this. Oh, and real quick, people are talking about the mods in the chats. People really, really look forward to the live streams because in the chats, there's fascinating conversations and there's people that share a lot and they discuss things and they laugh and they write and it becomes literally a, a, a form of community. So when someone comes in to try and ruin it, they get kicked out. And that's not censorship. That's literally a job. They're doing that to help the chat. It's not censorship. No one's scared of you, brah. No one's like, oh, you can't handle what I have to say. No, it's, it's literally like we're playing Duck, Duck, Goose at a birthday party and you're just going, quail, Red Robin. It just, it ruins the, the, the fun. And because I looked into that because people would complain about mods, quote unquote, censoring them. And it would be people saying insane shit. And that just takes away from the fun of it. That takes away from the educational experience that people give each other in the chat the chat is amazing. Like so many bears are so fucking cool and they share things and they speak their mind and blah, blah. And then you'll just have this sinister, sick little fuckers that'll come in and be like, they'll just say in, like things just to make sure that that synergy, that fun doesn't happen. And you get and you're out. And that's not about censorship. I'm not a government. I'm not a corporation. I'm just a dude who wants to see people have fun and talk about things in an environment that they don't get anywhere else in the world. So don't bitch about the mods uh, because they're, they're literally trying to just help me and they're helping each other and they're helping bears. So just, if they made a mistake, you know, we'll remedy it, but just don't be a fucking little psychopath.
All right, so that's that. So his wall gets tear- torn down, and there, there's more mod talk right now. Like someone just said, it, there's such irony right now because a mod took someone down like with a hammer. It's like, that isn't irony. You don't know what irony is. Just quickly look up irony. There's three types of irony. There's dramatic irony, situational irony, and, and literary irony. Literary irony is an oxymoron. It's like uh, jumbo shrimp is literary irony. Jumbo shrimp. Dramatic irony is when the audience knows something a character doesn't know. That's dramatic irony. It causes laughter or fear. Like if there's someone standing behind me with the bunny ears and I'm like, what, what? That's dramatic irony, but that's comedic dramatic irony. But if someone has a gun to my head and they go, and I go, what, what? That's, that's the horror version of it. And then there's situational irony where if someone it's, it's when the actual definition is the opposite of the literal definition. When someone like, um, uh, a police officer committing crimes is, is ironic the mods um, protecting the chat while we analyze the wall is not any form of irony because we all have hammers in us. That's, that's the whole point of the wall. The wall isn't me saying, look at how stupid hammers are. No, I, one of my symbols is a fucking axe and a piano hammer. I'm a hammer. So like, there's no irony there. I have instincts to wipe clean uh, people that, that are awful. I, I fight that because I know that that's not good. And then other people, the, the leftists have in, uh, instincts of letting anyone do anything. That's also not good. That there's always a balance. The wall is about the balance. The wall is about, you have the, 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 um, the eatable mother and you have the hammer, the hammer. He didn't get a good hammer. Um, like a father teaches you how to, how to be like a, a precise hammer, how to n- hammer nails into a wall to hang up a, you know, a, a, a fixture. But if you don't have the right male role models, you can become the fascist hammer. You can become the hammer to wipe out all the structures that you deem uh, things that you don't like. You know, the censorship hammer. Uh, but, that doesn't, but that doesn't mean you get to just scream nigger in third grade classrooms. You know, like... When I say I'm anti-censorship, it doesn't mean I'm anti-rules um, or anti-following you know, following people's basic principles. The reason I have a problem with social media and the government censorship is because social media doesn't have rules. It has emotions. You can say, uh, I want to kill all white people, and Facebook will review it and say that you don't uh, violate any, any problems in the community standards and then you can say i don't like david hogg i'm pro second amendment and you can be kicked off twitter permanently there's no rules that's just the whims and emotions of of just a madman so that's the issue i have with it but like when i go into church or when i go into like uh uh, my wife's grandparents home i don't swear because those are the rules now if there's another political person or someone from a different um, uh, group in society, and they're in church just going, nigger, fuck, cunt, nigger, fuck, cunt. And someone's like, oh, that's fine, but you can't do that. But that person can because he's wearing a different colored shirt. That's a problem. Uh, So I hope that helps you understand. All right, let me read some super chats. So then outside the wall, the coolest part in the movie is outside the wall. It's It's a child innocently pouring out a Molotov cocktail. How cool is that? Like he doesn't realize that it's a bomb or it was a, a, an element of, uh, let's just watch it. Let's just watch it. All right. Outside the wall.
It's such a cool image. Video. I love this shit. Okay, so the wall goes down. Because the coolest part about all this shit is it's so applicable to so many things. Just the concept of walls, mothers, fathers, hammers. Like these are, these are just very, very basic and universal archetypes. And the way that he structured this whole thing was just a masterpiece. And he did it, why? Because he was broke. That's the only reason. They never would have made the wall if uh, the Jews hadn't taken their... <laughs> I'm just kidding. Not really though. If the Jews hadn't taken their money... <laughs> That's why you got to support the Jews, because if they hadn't stolen Pink Floyd's money, they never would have been able to make such a beautiful piece of art. All right, let's see here. Downloads. Pink Floyd. Tear down the wall. All right, what's the name of this thing? Stop. I want to go home. Take off this uniform and leave the show. I'm awaiting in this hell because I have to know if I've been guilty all this time. The trial video, video six. Video playback number six. Oven Benjamin. Oven, hello, Oven. People from Russia call me Oven because they don't know how to pronounce W's. Want to know who else doesn't? The Japs. Uh, the trial. Come on, where the hell is it? Video. Oven Benjamin. Oven. Video playback number six. Here we go. Let's finish this puppy off with style, and then I'll read the super chats. Huge PNS. Oh, All right. Well, I'm deaf now. So the wall gets blown up. My ears are dead. Oven, uh, someone just wrote Oben Benadrine. Ah, that's funny. Someone's wrote, guy just wrote that was really fucking loud. Yeah, it was. Sorry about that, guys. I think we all kind of needed that to wake up, though, to, to get out of our little, our shitty little slump. Uh, all right, I can fast forward a little bit. I just want to, here we go. So this is after the war. And you just see, because this is what, what's always left out of the movies. It's just people piecing their lives back together after it's been uh, firebombed. And this is the last piece of humility that Roger Waters ever showed the world. Sozinhos. We don't, I don't know. You're not going to show the kid? That's the whole point. How's the, the, the kid? Doesn't Roger Waters look like that dude who's now an actor in Star Wars who's in the show Girls? I'll show you.
Pink Floyd, the wall is shit. That's hilarious. What do you see this guy? He looks just like that guy. He looks just like that fucking ugly guy that's all, it's in all the Star Wars movies now. And once you see it, you can't not see it. His face is so fucked up looking. Where is it? Huh. Hmm. There he is. Look at him. Hang on. Look at him. Doesn't he look like that guy from Girls in Star Wars? Just like so ugly, right? All right, let's listen to the song again. Ah, shit, I just blew out your ears again. Forget it, I'm done with it. I just, I just made everyone deaf again, including myself. All right. Let me read the Super Chats. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Thank you, Zachary. Texas Bearded Bear. Glad to finally be able to watch the live stream. Looking forward to a show in Houston. Taking the wife for a date night. It's going to be a blast. Uh, get tickets at hugepianist.com. Tickets going fast. Uh, you're the man, Owen. You're Logger Bear in Oregon. Thank you, Tyler. Waters is a type to take a bike ride through Afghanistan, says Pinder. I hope he does. Fuck that guy. But he, I mean, the wall is one of the best written things ever, but also fuck that guy. Dude, check out, is there anybody out there? It's the wall live from 1980 when the whole band, Roger, Dave, Rick, and Nick, they jam a little on some songs and they add like two or three songs. Well, Final Cut were all songs that didn't make the final cut of the wall. That's why it's called Final Cut. Uh, like, let's, how about, uh, float? Flo- floating, 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 um, floating down. Through the clouds Memories come rushing up to meet me now But in the space between the heavens And the corner of some foreign field I had a dream I had a dream It's called the Gunner's Dying Dying Wish or Gunner's Dream I mean, this, they should have put this in the wall. This, this humanizes his father so much better. You know, and, and that's a reference to, a, I believe it's a poem from World War I, the corner of some foreign field, a gunner sleeps tonight. I think that was a poem from World War I. But uh, just, just, just picture that moment when your plane gets shot down and, and you, you have the, the time between the sh- when your plane gets shot down and then hitting the ground and you know you're going to die. It's like... Uh, Floating down through the clouds Memories come rushing up to meet me now But in the space between the heaven And the corner of some foreign field I had a dream I had a dream Goodbye, Max. I, that's the wrong chord. Goodbye, Max. So, goodbye, Max. 
Goodbye, Max. Goodbye, Ma. Somewhere old era. All right, I'm just going to get the lyrics. Hang on. Gunners. What the hell does augmented mean? Oh, that's it. I got it. Floating down through the clouds. Memories come rushing up to meet me now. But in the space between the heaven and the corner of some foreign field, I had a dream. I had a dream. I mean, that's just so beautiful. It goes, Goodbye, Max. Goodbye, Mom. After the service, when you're walking slowly to the car, and the silver in her hair shines in the cold November air, you hear the tolling bell and touch the silk in her appell. And as the teardrops rise to meet the comfort of the band, you take her frail hand and hold on to the dream. A place to stay, enough to eat. Somewhere old heroes shuffle safely down the street, where you can speak out loud about your doubts and fears. And what's more, no one ever disappears. They never hear their standard issue kicking in your door. You can relax on both sides of the tracks and maniacs don't blow holes in bandsmen by remote control and everyone has recourse to the law and no one kills the children anymore no one kills the children anymore it's like Night after night, going round and round my brain. This dream is driving me insane. In the corner of some foreign field, a gunner sleeps tonight. What's done is done. We cannot just shake off this final scene. Take heed of his dream. Take heed of his dream. I mean, that's that's just pure, pure, just really, really well written and beautiful. Um, place to stay, enough to eat. Somewhere old heroes shuffle safely down the street. Where they can speak out loud without your doubts and fears. And what's more, no one ever disappears. You never hear the standard issue kicking in your door. You can relax on both sides of the tracks. And maniacs don't blow holes in bandsmen by remote control. And everyone has recourse to the law. And no one kills the children anymore. That's the dream, right? Isn't that the dream? 
It's 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 just absolutely beautiful. Um, a place to stay, enough to eat. Somewhere old heroes shuffle safely down the street. Oh God, that's just a knife. It's the dream, right? And that and he wrote that about his father falling to the ground because his father was a gunner in an airplane. So that's why there's no way it's not about his dad. In the corner of some foreign field, a gunner sleeps tonight. In the corner of some foreign field, a gunner sleeps tonight. Let's find out where that uh, where that poem is from. The corner of some foreign field, a gunner sleeps. All right, so that's Floyd, but what else? The Gunner's Dream, Floyd, Floyd, Gunner's Dream. What's the poem? What is the poem? I could just uh, ask the chat. I know you guys know. The Gunner's Dream. Whenever the internet says the Gunner's Dream meaning, like just be wary of that. That's just the internet telling you something, and you don't know where that comes from. Like figure out the meaning. In the uh, corner of some foreign corner of a foreign field. Poem. What is that poem? The Soldier. All right, Wikipedia. The Soldier is a poem written by Robert Brooke. The poem is the fifth of a series of poems entitled 1914. It is often contrasted with Wilfred Owen's 1917 anti-war poem, uh, Dulce et Decorum Est. All right, so structure of the poem. It was written in the beginning of the First World War as part of a series of sonnets. All right, where is the poem now? I want to read it. The Soldier. All right. If I should die, think only this of me, that there's some corner of a foreign field that is forever England that shall be. There shall be. And uh, in that rich earth, a richer dust concealed, a dust whom England bore, shaped, made aware. Gave once her flowers to love, her ways to roam, a body of England's breathing English air, washed by the rivers, blessed by sons of home. And think this heart, all evil shed away, a pulse in the eternal mind, no less, give somewhere back to the thoughts of England, given. Her sights and sounds, dreams happy as her day, and laughs learnt of friends and gentle, gentleness, and hearts at peace under an English heaven. That's beautiful. If I should die, think only this of me, that there's some corner of a foreign field that is forever England. There shall be in the rich earth, richer dust concealed. Isn't that beautiful? A dust whom bore England, shaped, made aware, gave once her flowers to love, her ways to roam. A body of England's breathing English air, washed by the rivers, blessed by the sons of home. In a corner of some foreign... And then Roger took that, the... In the corner of some foreign field, a gunner sleeps tonight. But what was the gunner's dream as he fell to the ground before he became dust? You know, that's, that's, that's why it's so unbelievable. Yeah. What is this? I'll do what you, you unaccused me. What? I don't care how many people watch these, by the way. You know, like um, some people are like, oh, well, if the mods are going to not let me say... <laughs> Owen's mom's a cunt. 
then I'm out of here. Well, guess what? Good. It's bye. I don't, I don't care how many people really watch it. I get pretty mind like blown away that right now there's 1,356 people watching me break down an album from 38 years ago. So that's pretty incredible. If there were 50 people, that would be fine with me. I'd rather have 50 good people than 20,000 dipshits. And I hope people understand that and they should apply that to their own lives because it's, it's true. Like, don't, like, just numbers are stupid. Why would I want a ton of people that just want to be psychopaths? Get the fuck out of here. No one needs you here. And that's not an issue of free speech. It's uh, like if, like, YouTube can beca- become, became a nation state almost, right? So it has these rules and you follow the rules and it became this giant, giant thing. It's very similar to like the government in our homes where, the, our land is always the United States. We, we pay our taxes is almost like rent to the government, right? But they can't just break in our door. Like my neighbor can't just kick in my door. It's mine. This is my chat. I get to moderate it. It's like, if, and, and some people truly are either too stupid to understand that or they, they intentionally try not to. So, uh, but just know that that's the deal. I think I'm out of coffee. Would it be insane to text my wife? See if she can bring me coffee. Of course it's not. It's a great call. Oh, I haven't even charged my phone yet today. All right. Uh, Waters is the type to bike through. That's hilarious. Do you believe in God in the young imagery sense or as a metaphysical spirit that's existed since time began? I'm a young kind of guy. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm more literal. But I do think that it's I, – I can't comprehend it. I think it's on a different uh, dimensional level. Okay, this is how I, I, I describe God. You know how uh, things in our economy don't really make sense because there's another factor involved that we can't really figure out? Like, like we just keep going in exponential debt and no one seems to really care and it just keeps functioning because there's another factor and that's the state and the Fed and our military. It, it just makes it so our, our dollars are worth money even though we no longer are following the rules, right? So when you have these quadrants... It work. There's a reason that that the the um, the horseshoe is described as the political spectrum. You have left and right, but people say that it bends. So you have fascism here and communism here, and they're both very similar, and it bends. So if you understand what how gravity works, gravity works when a, a giant mass. It's like standing on a trampoline, and then you see the orbits. You see that it bends space time, so that things go to the the mass. The, the horseshoe is bent around the state. The state is the mass. It's, it, it doesn't follow the rules. It's a, mono, it's a monopoly on force. So a, a, a normal straight line, zero government to complete government control, that's right to left, you know, or I'll, I'll do it the other way because it's my left hand. The, the far left is the government controls everything, communism, statism. The far right is there is no government whatsoever. Why does it horseshoe? Because it bends around the state because the state doesn't follow the same rules. So the state is a coercive monopolistic agency that's a, that, that literally bends space-time and it bends the horseshoe. And so people don't ask that question, why is it a horseshoe and not a line? Well, I ask the question, it's because it's bent around the space-time of a state. Now, God is the same thing. Like You see life, you see um, your daily activities, and you, and you start realizing that there's something giant that, that our world is bent around that we can't possibly understand. That's God to me. And that isn't a Jungian 
archetype God. That's God, God. That's, you just can't touch or feel or see. It's like a 12th dimension entity, but it's there. And you see it in the, out of the corner of your eye, like you're a crazy person. And you turn to look and it was gone. I cannot put my finger on it now. The child is grown. The dream is gone. Like when I was a kid, I don't know, like now it would be considered maybe mental illness or schizophrenia or something, but I could see things that I can't see now. And I think that you, when you're young, you're closer to the origin. You're closer to God. You know, you're born and your soul is brand new. And I think that you can see things that, that your brain is trained not to see the, the more you go. And so, uh, I don't believe it's mental illness at all. I think that it's, uh, you know, in, in, in history, they'd be called shamans or prophets or just anybody that was innocent enough to see God. And, uh, I think that's one reason pedophilia exists. It's not sexual. I mean, it becomes sexual, I think, but it, it has to be about destroying good. It has to be about good versus evil. I think it's the, it's the biggest representation of evil I can imagine because I can imagine killing someone. I can't imagine hurting a child for the sake of it. And you don't have instincts that are attracted to, to pre-puberty. There's such a difference between 14 and nine because 14 is still gross and there's still a preying upon a, a 14 year old girl that I would never trust someone who was attracted to a 14 year old because it would almost be like, they, they want, they want to corrupt. They, 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 they're almost so weak that they want someone they can control more. But after puberty, there is instincts that, uh, draw people to procreate before puberty. You don't have instincts to do that. There is no instinct to have sex with a nine-year-old boy because that doesn't make human beings. All that does is, is destroy them. And I think that evil, when evil sees God and you see God in children, you know, it's a lot harder to be an atheist when you're a father. I promise you that because you see, you see flashes of it again. You see flashes of God in children. And, and, and that's when you really realize that there are, there's evil in the world that has to hurt that. And you can survive a beating, being stabbed, uh, broken bones, Shit like that, so much easier than sexual abuse because sexual abuse will rewire your brain and cause uh, depression and anxiety the rest of your life. And so, um, and so uh, that's, that's the most evil thing in the world. And that's why <clears throat> a lot of these evil institutions are, are become havens for pedophiles because I think children are, are, are close to God. And uh, yeah. All right. Like I've been doing uh, prayers before night with my son and we keep it simple. We just say, uh, just real simple, you know, uh, Lord, keep me safe. Amen. You know, before dinner, we all hold hands and say, thank you, Lord. That's it. Just thank you. Thank you, mama. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. And then we eat. That's it. Because it's these two. It's so, it, 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 but if I'm going to, to wire my kid's brain, it's going to be in gratitude. It's not going to be an evil. And uh, my kid doesn't see the need to do it really because <laughs> I think he's so close to God, to be honest with you. 
I think that a lot of people and a lot of children are so close to God, they don't even see the, the point of praying. Because uh, my friend Stephen Crowder did this really ballsy thing yesterday where he said, change my mind, Trump is not a fascist. And he did it right in front of the White House. And, um, and you know, I, I, I made sure that he was okay at night. I was like, fucking text me back, bro. But there's a difference uh, between prayers. You know, like sometimes it's like send prayers to my buddy who's in a, a tough spot. Uh, or you just know he's okay, which is the same thing. Someone commented that somewhere it might have been on twitter on youtube but it's like knowing someone will be okay is the same as praying and that hit home so much to me because i don't really pray that often to be honest with you i don't do a structured prayer i don't say like you know dear god it's me owen you know i don't do that very often and i i I it seems like a very cool practice and i like it but when when people say thoughts and prayers i think thoughts are also prayers where it's just like oh he's gonna be okay he's he's part of the he's in the force and that's God. And that's Christian God. That isn't the, the, when I say the force, I'm not trying to minimize God and make it into like Star Wars or some shit, but you know what I, what, what I mean by that. And, uh, so I, all these things are very interesting to me. And, and like when I'm not live streaming and doing gardening and, and doing stand up and stuff, like a lot of my thoughts are about education and about, um, religion and God and stuff like that and how to transfer information to the next generation, you know? Like, is it a structured prayer? Is it biblical verses? Because I don't know the Bible that well, and I can't quote the Bible very well, but people keep telling me that I'm living it very well. And uh, I'm trying to wrestle with all of that. Because when you really think something is true and you're drawn towards true, you start realizing that it's it becomes parallel, but you don't really know the structure of it. It's very fucking interesting. I'm rambling. I only have six more minutes. I got to read these. Get the book I sent you. I've opened up a lot of stuff. I'm going to do a whole opening session very soon, but I have a giant uh, pile of things that I have to open that I'm very excited about. Hey, Owen, just been listening to your stuff for a while. I really admire your courage to speak truth. Just want to support what you're doing. Thank you, Caleb. True toxic males are the betas of society. We need alpha males and they are not toxic to society. I'm a woman saying this. Of course, women need alpha males. Women want alpha males. Beta, the we grew up and went to school. There were certain teachers who would hurt the children any way they could. That's beta. Hurting children is beta. It's not alpha. And alpha protects children. Alpha protects women. Like that whole turning of the screws, that sadism that happens in public schools um, is... They would never do it to your face. That's why a lot of these people never come at me to my face. It's always online or they don't even respond when I call them out. It's because they're beta males. There, there's, there's people that appear to be alpha that are actually beta. It's very interesting. The image of the psychotic teacher is often male, but I saw only one male teacher before middle school and my worst abuser was a woman. Yeah, I feel the bears. It's true. Hi, Owen. If you're so inclined, I highly recommend reviewing the lyrics of What Makes a Man by City and Color. I like City and Color. He's named City and Color because his name's Austin Green, so City Color. Uh, he has that one song that I really like that's like My Girl or something. I don't know. He should get married, though. That's the thing. Real quick, let's uh, look at that song. I really like the song, City and Color, but I don't like the lyrics. I like the gratitude of it, but he should just marry her, marry her and make him his wife. The girl, here it is. It goes, uh, wish I could do better by you. 
because that's what you deserve. Please know that I'm yours to keep. Please know, please know, please know I'm yours to keep. My, my, my beautiful girl. Please know I'm yours to keep, my beautiful girl. I can't hear it in my head. All right, let's listen to it. Fuck it, I might go over two hours. Fuck it. All I can hear is Roger Waters in my head right now. This is a pretty song. As soon as I get it in my head, I'll play it so I don't get a copyright situation. I got it now. I think I... All right, I got it. So it goes... I wish I could do better by you Cause that's what you deserve By the way, that's not the key it's in, you fucking liars Let's do this I'm gonna do it in that key Or at least lower Cause I can't sing that high So this is I wish Let's do it uh, F is a great key too I wish I could do better by you Cause that's what you deserve I like it You sacrifice so much of your life In order for this to work well, It sounds like he's a bit high needs Well, I'm out chasing my own dreams uh, And then sailing around the world Yours to keep, my beautiful girl. When you cry, a piece of my heart dies, knowing I may be the cause. You might want to stop making her cry so much, guy. If you were to leave to fulfill someone else's dreams, I think I might just totally be lost. Ah, and then this is the part. You don't ask for no diamond rings, no delicate strings of pearls. That's why I wrote this song, my beautiful girl. Yeah, she's not asking you to marry her. She should. Because he, he's making like uh, commitment seem like materialism, which it isn't. All right, so Austin Green. Let's see if he's married now. Oh, that's an actor. City of Color. Let's, let's see about this guy. City of Color. Dallas Green. Not Austin Green. That's an actor. All right. Is he uh personal life? Uh, Green married Canadian television host Leah Miller in 2008. When did he write The Girl? When did he write the girl? Title. <laughs> Singles. The girl was 2009. Oh, well, that's cool. So he released that and then he married her because he knew he should. Miller is the youngest of four children. Do they have kids? Let's take a look here. 
Nora began dating musician Dallas Green in 2006. The couple married in 2008. Are they still married? Good for them. Good for them. I like it. I like it. That makes me like them. I don't know anything about them, though. But uh, that's great. Sweet. So uh, I, good, good for them. I like the song more now. Oh, I got to get through this. It's been two hours. All right. I just lost my own Benjamin live virginity. Sweet. I, I, I hope I was gentle. Gardening sounds gay. Maybe dirtening. Man, you sound gay. Don't forget these rock musicians, especially those who are classically trained, who were born in the 40s, were fighting a hyper-conservative culture against rock music. Interesting. Well, because there was no, uh, well, I don't know about that. All right, we'll talk about that. All right. I saw them live. I love this stream so much. Thank you. Sweet. David Gilmore's On an Island is a great album. Definitely worth listening if you haven't heard it. Not a bad track on it. Smash that like button and share it. Yeah, smash the like button and share, everybody. Refreshingly pleasant. Thank you. Hey, Owen, American Pie by Don McQueen is a great song from the 60s. Great point. It's about uh, Fats Domino's death, right? Or one of those guys. Uh, hi, BB. You're an inspiration to all the Cubs out there. Also, Cubby Afro Bear. Welcome, Afro Bear. Much love to you and your family. Music is the voice that tells the human race is greater than it knows. Napoleon Bonaparte. He was actually not that short, by the way. Turns out that was all bullshit. He was much taller than Joe Rogan. Check out Breeze Blocks by Alt-J. I like that song. I know that song. Hey, Big Bear. Can I be verified as Bear's Arms Bear? Welcome, Bear's Arms Bear. Finish the blade, not yours. It's tempting to stab. Just send me the blade, please. Here are some shekels to fight the soy. Raise real men and scream freedom every day just for the hell of it. Thanks, Big Bear. Thank you, Marshall. Thanks for the entertainment at lunch, Owen. Love you. Love you too, Patrick. Hey, Big Bear, do I forward you an email from called to prayer request? Um, from called prayer request. Wasn't sure if you got a chance to read it. Thank you again to love. Not sure if you're in here today. I haven't read it yet. Yo, man, love your stuff. Any plans to come to New York City area again? Yes, but I will bring a sword and guns. Uh, thank you, Dave. Sean, thank you. Lost my first, lost my first real life longtime friend to being an unbearable, which I was informed makes me alt-right. It's crazy out here. Well, they're all, just let him go. They'll, they'll come back. They'll come back if they find their head. I know. When I'm called alt-right, it's, it's so hysterical. It's so fucking hysterical. And most people don't even know what alt-right means. You realize that? Just be like, define alt-right. And they're like, <laughs> love what you're doing today. Keep up the big bear. Hope to see you in San Diego. Thank you. Angry welder bear. Thank you, buddy. Dave, thank you. We will stand tall in the sunshine with the truth upon our side. And if we have to go along, we'll go along with pride. Great line. Thubby Bear, Waters is a superb conceptual songwriter, but Gilmore is arguably the greatest guitarist in history, and Tone are the soul of Pink Floyd. 100% agree. Gilmore was the guy. I always enjoy your streams, but this one was exceptional. Thanks so much. Loved it. Thank you, Jill. Very nice of you. Hey, Big Bear, working in Seattle. I see the left destroying my city. Wife and I are making plans to escape to eastern Washington. Opinions on Spokane versus line into uh, Idaho. I like Spokane and Idaho. You can't go wrong. Go east, young man. But also, there's, there's cool areas in western Washington, too, that aren't soyed out. Like where I live, which will still remain a secret, is right near the Puget Sound, and it's great. Like the people are awesome. It's not Seattle. Like there's a lot of country in, in Washington. All right, Benjamin, just think about this. Like, Washington is real 50-50, 55-45. Think about how leftist Seattle is and now realize that for every one of those, there's one that's the opposite out of Seattle. All right, they're just so frustrated. Like, just make art. Totally, Benjamin. Glad you're on earlier. It was too late to rewatch The Edge last night in UK. 
I never got the subtext back in the day. Love the change of pace today. Any other bands' albums you'd like to do? Here's some honey for BB. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, I uh, The Edge is great. It's uh, it's it's definitely a movie to watch when you get older. It's one of the only movies in history where the good guy is a billionaire. It's uh, it's awesome. And then you start really realizing how Hollywood always makes rich males the bad guy. Always. Ever sync Wizard of Oz with Dark Side of the Moon? Holly recommend it. See you on the 18th. Shameless plug for my YouTube and Twitch here. Uh, Inspector Bloor. This is, you got to plug it. Is it Inspector B-L-O-O-R? I don't know what to, shameless plug for my YouTube and Twitch here. I just tried to plug it. I don't know if that's really it. On behalf of Tina. Thank you, David. Uh, sweet stream. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Ever hear Water Song at the end of the Legend of 1900 soundtrack? No, but I'm very excited. Last two Super Chats. What about Alex Jones lying about not watching tranny porn when he got totally busted on his show? I don't know anything about that, but that sounds uh, just really bizarre and uh, just not important at all. Like, not even a little bit. Check the PayPals, please. I have no time today, but... If you sent me a PayPal, I appreciate the tip. You know, just picture me like a, like a dancing monkey that enjoys uh, tips. Like, Owen never heard of Bruce Wayne and shit. I know Bruce Wayne. If the alt-right goes public, they are scared. If kept private, they are just unwilling. I don't even know what alt-right means. If alt-right just means nationalism, then I'm alt-right. If Zionism just means supporting Israel, then I'm a Zionist. I'm a Zionist alt-rightist. You understand how stupid these words are? If Zionist just means you support the existence of Israel, I'm a Zionist. If alt-right just means you put America first and you don't have any shame in being a white male, then I'm alt-right. It's like, what do the words mean? They don't mean anything. Like, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean racist. It doesn't mean bigot. Like, Zionist doesn't mean you want world Jew domination. It can, it can, like, these things can be warped and shaped by people's intentions. It just doesn't fucking mean anything. What does racist mean? That you don't like a black guy with a fucking tattoo on his face picking up your daughter for a date? No, that's called being smart. If you've got a black guy wearing khakis who served in the military and fucking has a cell phone on his belt because he works with his hands, have a great night, daughter. It's, it's all about culture and everyone fucking knows that. All right. Zionism is disgusting. I don't know what that means. If you mean like uh, uh, sending money, sending a, a huge amount of money somewhere, that's the debate. That's, it's just like everyone knows abortion's wrong. The debate is how much should the government be involved? Like, I believe that, that Israel's obviously a nation and should stay a nation. The debate is how much money do you send them? Do you build their wall before you build our wall? That shit is the debate. It's not whether or not a fucking... Uh, uh, country should exist. That's fucking retarded. All right. Yeah, America first. Of course, America first. That's why I'm, I would, I don't even know what nationalist means, but I think I'm a nationalist because I would put America ahead of any other country in the world. Obviously, if that's not, if that's nationalism, already build our wall. You're too late. Thanks to Lev. Because you guys are better at building walls. That's one, one, a big thing about Israel hate is, is, is jealousy. It's like, yeah, they got their fucking ball, ball, uh, wall built and we keep bitching about whether or not Caitlyn Jenner's the woman of the fucking year uh, and whether or not a fucking tranny should have a flamethrower in the, in the army. Like, that's what we're fucking debating. Literally, it's like, should, should trannies be in the army? Like, 
No, if someone chops their own dick off and takes hormone treatments, they shouldn't get a flamethrower. Sorry. So it's like people get so envious of people that actually get shit done because they have a common enemy. The thing Israel has, I think people actually have a little envy with, is they have a seven-nation army trying to take them down. They got all these fucking countries trying to kill them all the time, so they actually can have cohesion there. It's not the leftist Jews in Israel. It's the right-wing Jews. It's the ones that are like, ah, no, uh... If it's called Islamophobia, that's fine. These people are trying to fucking kill us. All right, I'm out of here. Things are about to start turning dark. I love you, Big Bear. Come to Portland again. Uh, I will, for sure. Much love. Uh, all right, the next one, I don't know. Yeah, you guys are talking about by dad. Hilarious. I hope you guys, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed my breakdown of the wall uh, and then my un- uncalled for and ridiculous uh, spiral at the end. But I had fun, and I'm glad you guys stuck around. If you like the stream, hit the like button and share it. And be like, hey, this is an alt-right Zionist. What, what other contradictory things can we say about me? Like, what, what things can I, all, can I fit into? An alt-right Zionist. How many in a row can we get that don't make any sense? I'm in the chat. What do you guys got? A malt light? That's funny, dude. Yeah, I'm an I'm a I'm an alt-right Zionist race mixing nationalist uh free market libertarian. Christian. Have fun with that one. You know. I will say this though, it was a, a small group of Jews that have fucked up our language a little bit, but it's not about being Jewish. It's about being tricky. I didn't do a good Shapiro, bad Shapiro today because I haven't listened to him yet. I'm a Jew-loving Nazi. I'm a Hispanic-loving racist. I'm a Zionist alt-right guy. And I, uh, what other hilarious contradictions? (laughs) I'm a left-wing Christian communist. No, there's nothing about me that's left-wing or communist. That's one thing I will say. I'm an open, I'm an open-minded fundamentalist. I don't know. That's also true. I'm an open-minded fundamentalist. Christian collectivist? Well, no, that's not me, though. There's zero amount about me that's collectivist. Zero. Uh, I would consider myself, if you just sit broad stroke, I'm just an American conservative with libertarian leans. I'm pretty fucking uh, normal. It's just like I'm so in the public eye that uh, I get all these contradictory labels. If you overthought anybody, they'd be like everything. How can you be an alt-right Zionist? And I'm kind of both if you like actually label it based on how the left labels things. It's insanely funny. And that nigga stole my bike. Fat, skinny. That's true. I'm, also, I'm fat and kind of skinny. I'm a height supremacist. I am. I am a height supremacist, by the way. I do judge a short man. Oh, um, I'm not bisexual. No, I'm not Bert Kreischer. Uh, I'm a climate observer. That's a good one, Curtis. Jews are not Semites. Well, it depends on what kind of Jew they're bare taint. There's all kinds of Jews. Jews is a religion. I think the real uh, issue that the Jews kind of brought upon themselves, Jews, is they made being Jewish a fucking ethnicity. That's why things are getting so muddied. Because it's so, I'm, I'm anti-Islam. 
But Islam isn't a, a genetic thing. So all the Jews that are like, is your mom a Jew? If not, then you're not a fucking Jew. It's like, all right, buddy. If you want to make being Jew an ethnicity and not just a religion, you're going to have a lot of explaining to do. All right, hit the like button, share it, have some fun today, hang out with your family. I'm your favorite conservative libertarian, alt-right, Zionist, heightist, race-mixing, bigot, uh, fundamentalist, open-minded musician that you'll uh, ever meet. I, uh, I can't fit into a category because I'm a human being and human beings can't fit in categories because we're not fucking Volkswagens. You fucking leftist fucks. All right. Bye, everyone. Hit the like button. Hugepianist.com for, uh, for tour dates. Peace. Because I, I, I'm, I'm not great at business, but I'm good at plugging myself because I'm just enough Jew. But I'm just enough not Jew to know not to trust that part of me that's part Jew. Oh, yeah. I'm a part Jew alt-rightist. That's, that's hilarious. But I don't trust that part of me. I'm part Jewish, but I don't trust that part of me. But it... It's sneaky enough to, to give me some wealth, some influence, but you know, it's sneaky, shifty, shifty little Jew part of Big Bear.